Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number five of the Obvious Plant Podcast. I am Audrey. And I am startled awake every morning by absolutely nothing after dreaming all night about being swirled around inside of a tornado. We've got another great stack of facts lined up for you today. It makes me very dizzy. (laughs) That's great. Are you listening to me? I'm happy we're back too. So this week we'll be talking about my personal favorite subjects, music and technology. Oh, that's neat. These are your favorite topics, huh? What are? The, the ones you just introduced. Oh, what were they? You just said. The second I say something, I immediately forget it. So what are we talking about this week? Music and technology. Cool. This should be fun. I don't know much about them. Jesus Christ. Let's start the show. Hey, co-host, what's your favorite kind of music? The endless rhythm of time folding in on itself. I like Maroon 5. They are also good. Yes, they are objectively very good. You know why? Because they are popular. Everything that is popular is by default very good. It wouldn't be popular if it wasn't good. Yes, other things that are popular and therefore good include subway sandwiches, social anxiety, drivers angrily throwing trash at me when I walk down the street, and American obesity. We know Maroon 5 is popular because they have sold millions of records. In fact, every single one of their albums has been certified platinum. Right, but what does certified platinum mean? Well, we use music certification to decide who are the most popular and therefore most talented musicians in the world. A platinum certification means that an album has sold at least a million copies. At 2 million, the certification jumps to multi-platinum. And at 10 million copies, an album is certified as, holy shit, that's a lot of albums, how in the cripes is that even possible? Let's talk now about who has sold the most music albums. I would like to talk about that. Okay. I wanted to talk more about music certification, but fine. The number one selling album of all time is Michael Jackson's Thriller with 66 million copies sold. Holy moly, that's a lot of enchiladas. Following the King of Pop is ACDC's Back in Black with 50 million copies sold. Hachi machi, that's a ton of tacos. And third on the list is the Bible audiobook as read by Oprah Winfrey with 45 million copies sold. Hibbity-dibbity, that's a bunch of burritos. You know, I'm surprised by ACDC. Everyone loves Michael Jackson, and Oprah Winfrey reading about going to hell has universal appeal. But I never would have guessed ACDC would be up that high. I agree. You know, instinctively, when I hear an ACDC song, my brain starts to hurt and I want to claw at my ear holes to make the abrasive sound stop. But then I have to remind myself that ACDC is very popular and therefore good. After that, I grit my teeth with lockjaw force and enjoy the music very much. Hmm, yes, that sounds like a good tactic for enjoying things. Thanks, yeah, I do the teeth gritting for other things too that are abrasive. For example, your voice. What? My voice? What's wrong with my voice? Nothing, it's fine. You know what? Let's move on to the next topic. Hey, what was the first concert you ever went to? Oh, it was a Bee Gees reunion concert. I went with my dad. How about you? I went to a Spice Girls concert when I was 11 and lost my mom in a bet. (laughs) What? Let me explain. Please. 
I was in line for souvenirs and dressed as Posh Spice. She was my favorite girl. And a bunch of girls dressed as Ginger Spice, and there were seven of them, approached me and tried to steal my wallet, and did easily because there were seven of them, and they were all wearing tall boots and at least a foot taller than me. And I said, give that back. And they said, we'll bet you for it. What do you wager? And I didn't have anything, so I pointed to my mom and I said, her. And they said, okay. What are you talking about? I was 11 and I didn't know what a bet was. Also, these girls looked 11, but they were at least 37, I learned later. What happened to your mom? They took her hand and said, you're our mom now. And she was like, Audrey, we have to go sit down. And I said, go with them, I guess, and I'll see you later. Anyways, I watched the Spice Girls by myself and didn't see my mom again for about a week. Audrey, this is horrible. No, it's fine. She was fine. I guess they took her on a cruise. She had a great time. She came back with a new haircut, and everything went back to normal, except for her hair was shorter. They just took her on a vacation with them. Yeah, she said they were nice. Anyway, so that's the story on my first music concert, and also how my mom started wearing her hair short. These women stole your wallet and your mother, and no one did anything about it? Well, I mean, you know when something happens to you, and you're like, I'm 11, and I don't know how to handle this? I... Guess so? Yeah, I just was basically frozen still for a week in confusion, and by the time I was like, okay, that's it, where is my mom and my wallet? She was already back and she had my wallet. So everything just kind of worked out. I love music concerts. Now we're going to talk about classical music. I love classical music. All classical music is one song. That's not true. Yes, it is. It was just too long, so they made a lot of them out of the one song. The only classical song is 600,000 hours long, and it was timed by a music teacher from Bain, Idaho in 1894. None of that is true, including that city. That is not a city. Classical music is one band. It is the biggest band on earth, but unfortunately, all of the members of the band are dead now. Mm -mm, nope. No classical composer is alive today. There are several classical composers alive today, and I know that because I listen to them. You're listening to the same song as before. No, I'm not. They're new. There is no new classical music. Look at this. I've pulled up my iTunes. This says, released in 2018. You've been tricked. How? Those aren't classical composers. If you're buying so-called new classical music, those are tricks. They're not even music. It's just math. It's math? But it sounds like music. No, it's numbers. You need to get it together, man. iTunes has been running this scheme for years. I mean, it, it still sounds good. Why does the math sound like that? Oh, I don't know. Do you want me to bing.com that for you? No. Everyone knows it's hard to differentiate what's math and what's music these days. But with classical music, there's no singing, so it's even harder. Numbers and violin sounds are more similar than you think. Okay, this is making my head hurt. Yeah, lots of music these days is actually math. Sometimes the singer counts into the song, and that is a clue. For example, five, six, seven, eight. Not now, guys. See, that was math. But classical music is sneakier because they just go right into the math with no warning. Wow, I guess there is a lot of counting in music. That's because music is just a harlot version of math dressed up to be all sexy. Or in the case of classical music, old and stupid. Well, I still like classical music. I don't care if it is math. Like I said, old and stupid. 
Play us out of this segment, boys. Uno, dos, tres, catorce! Let's talk about the instruments we played as kids. Oh, okay. What did you play? Well, in elementary school, I played the oboe. And as a teenager, I played the piano. Do you still play? Oh, no. I was so bad at both of them that they were confiscated by the U.S. government. Stupid government. Mm. It was a pipe dream. I wanted to be the first man to play the oboe while seated at a piano. But the government said no. Just awful. I know. It was sad. No, I mean, you must have been just awful. Oh, I was. What instrument did you play? Oh, well, actually, I didn't have access to real musical instruments as a child because they were too expensive. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I just use other things as instruments, and I was still in a lot of bands. You were? If you have a dream, you make it happen. And I wanted to be in bands despite not playing any actual musical instruments, so I did. How? Well, when I went to a band show, I would just go on up there with the band. How were you allowed to do that? I wasn't. I have been kicked out of more auditoriums than the actual number of auditoriums that exist in the country. I just snuck right on back in there and went back up again onto the stage. Um... And then they would stop the song again and try to pull me off the stage, but I would grab hold to one of the drum sets and they would have to drag me and the drum set off the stage, which they didn't want to do usually because they needed those up there for the songs. So they usually just ended up letting me stay. They let you play with the band? Well, no. I can only stay if I just sat there. I've sat in nearly 300 different bands in my life. You know you're not actually in the band. Yes, I am. I'm the one who sits on the stage and doesn't do anything. All bands have those. No, they don't. I'm the Lance Bass of music groups. Lance Bass sang and danced in NSYNC. No, he didn't. He sat on the side of the stage. Stage right, as they say in music. Once again, you are incorrect about all the things you are saying. I get what I want, man. I follow my dreams. And if I want to be in a band without playing an instrument, that's my dream and I'm going to make it happen. But you're not actually in the band. You're just... Hey, just because I follow my dreams and you don't, that's not my problem. Phew, I'm exhausted from talking about human music. Let's talk about animal music. Animals don't have music. They have barks and instincts. Culture is what separates and elevates us apart from the animal kingdom. You fool. Only a coward would deny themselves that sweet music of the wild ones. Consider the bird. Okay. Are you considering the bird? Yes, I am considering the birds. Good. Now, do birds not sing? Yes, but birds sing to attract mates and claim territory. It is not music the same way that humans compose and perform music. Okay, now consider the beetle. You, you don't have to tell me to consider things. You can just talk about them and then I'll consider them because that's... Consider you know, beetles! Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm considering the beetle. Thank you. The beetle has a band of cicadas and they play tiny bluegrass, a genre they love because they crawl up little strands of grass to sing the blues. The beetle plays a set of songs in an anthill, a great venue, later gets into a bar fight with a mouse, and its bandmates back it up. That's right, four cicadas and a beetle just wailing on a mouse. It's a small mouse, but it's a real fight. Okay, are you considering this? What are you talking about? What does any of this have to do with anything? What? I'm explaining the history of animal music. This isn't the history of 
anything. It's insane. It's the entire history so far because I saw it happen outside my apartment just last night. A story isn't history, Audrey. You you, you have to have sources, publications, references to... Uh... What is that? This is the leather-bound edition of the History of Everything According to Audrey, parentheses, that's me. It's enormous. Everything in it is written by me, updated daily by me, and confirmed by me. Look at this last page. Chapter 521. Animal music. A bluegrass beetle's barroom brawl. I'm sorry for what I said. This obviously took a lot of work. Lo, I am the lead expert on this subject. All right, then. What else can you tell us about animal music? That was everything I know. Well, then, now we're both leading experts on the subject, as well as everybody listening. No! Let's hear a word from our sponsor. This week's sponsor is Wales. Wait, really? Yeah, sorry. Wales paid for this week, so we have to advertise them. But I hate whales. They'll hear you. Audrey, please don't make me talk about whales. You know how angry and emotional I get when I think about the whale who ate my wife? Okay, fine. Just let me do it then. Whales are an important resource in our daily lives, and uh, everyone should go buy whales. <laughs> also, sign up for the Whale of the Month Club, sponsored by whales. Each month, a new whale will show up right at your... <laughs> Please pull it together. Each month, a new whale will show up right at your door. Bring it in your house or put it on your lawn. I don't know. Buy whales. Are, are you done yet? Yes. Whales. They make a great gift. Buy whales. Okay. We are back and we are done with the topic of music. Let's move on to technology. I'm really glad we're talking about technology this week. I really just know so much about it and I would love to be able to finally get this information out to someone. Wow, I didn't know you were such a big tech expert. When did you become so interested in technology? Never! I'm not interested in it at all. I became an expert by accident. How do you mean? About seven years ago, I went into a Best Buy and I just started working there. I didn't even interview. I was just already dressed like them. What? Like I was wearing the blue and the tan outfit and customers just started asking me questions and I knew the answers? I don't know. I just knew. It was inherent. I see. Yeah, so I just became this all-knowing expert on every technology product at Best Buy. When did you stop working at Best Buy? I still work there. You do? I guess so. They've been calling me. How do you not know if you work somewhere? Did you not quit? I just stopped showing up. I ghosted Best Buy. But they won't leave you alone. Listen, this was a long time ago, and usually they just give up and stop calling, but lately they've started up again and it's relentless. They're like, when are you coming in for your shift? They leave me voicemails. Best Buy won't leave me alone. Why don't you just tell them th that you don't work there anymore? I've tried. They don't care, I guess. They're just like, yes, you do. They asked me to help run the company. Holy shit, that is huge. But I don't want to. I don't want to know all the things that I do. I'm so bored by all the information. Like, 
technically I know literally everything there is to know about technology products, but I just don't care. And I certainly don't want to go back there. You should probably just be honest with them and tell them that. No, I don't think so. I just don't want to think about it anymore. I just don't want to think about any of this anymore. I'm sick of laptops. Okay, okay. I need all of these facts about laptops out of my head. All day, all I can think about is their keyboards and internal drives. There's so many types of laptops. Sometimes I'm afraid it's wiping out all of the other things that I know from my brain. Eventually, all I will know are laptops. I don't know how to help you with this. My memory is full. Out of memory, I say. Memory full. Wait, Audrey. Have you tried emptying your brain trash? What? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, our brains work like computers in some ways, and your brain memory is full of laptop facts. So try emptying your brain trash. I don't know how to... Alexa, empty Audrey's brain trash. Brain trash deleted. Well, how do you feel? Wow, I... It's gone. My laptop facts are gone. It worked. My brain is empty. Completely empty. I'm back to knowing absolutely nothing at all! Yay! That's the Audrey we all know and love. Let's take a break so I can reboot and start learning some new non-laptop information. Agreed. Listeners, we'll be right back. Phones. We take them for granted. But for a long time, phones didn't exist at all. That's right. Before phones, people had to talk to each other in person. Blech. And even once phones were invented, people still had to talk to each other through the phones. Blah, again. Now, thank goodness we have text messages and never have to make eye contact or worry about correctly pronouncing words ever again. Exactly. And we owe it all to the inventor of the telephone, Alexander Graham Bell. But just how did Bell go about inventing such an amazing device? The answer is he didn't. He stole the idea from a rival inventor named Alicia Gray and bribed a patent officer to change history forever. That's right. Alexander Graham Bell is a glorious fraud. While it is true that he had been working on inventing a telephone for over a year, his journal notes show that he was nowhere near creating a working model. Indeed, Bell's own drawings show that his version of the telephone was nothing more than a handwritten letter tied to a rock that was to be thrown at the intended recipient. And yet... Millions of children each year learn about Alexander Graham Bell in school, chanting his name emphatically on St. Telephone's Day and leaving small offerings of food and bottle caps below his portrait that hangs in every school library. Of course, Alicia Gray's portrait is also there, which the students spit on and shout curse words at until the largest student challenges it to a fight, and they all go out into the parking lot to rip Gray's painting into shreds. So if we all know Graham Bell stole the invention of the telephone, why do we revere him? Because talking on the telephone sucks. That's right. Who likes talking on the telephone? Nobody, that's who. Which is why humanity decided to strip Alicia Gray of any accolades and pile them onto Alexander Graham Bell instead. And you know what? He deserves our praise. Yes, he does. Because although he stole Gray's telephone patent, he also added one important feature, which was that handwritten note tied to a rock. The first text message. Yep. You see, your phone's most important feature was indeed invented by Bell. And that's why he deserves all the credit. That's also why Alicia Gray's coffin was dug up and moved to a landfill in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Buried with the trash where he belongs. Such an awful man. Just the worst.
When I was a kid, I dreamed of one day owning a flying car. It was one of two major desires I had in my early life. Oh, nice. That seems like a pretty common kid dream. What was the second thing? For my absent father to come back and be the daddy I always wanted. He, uh, he never did. Cool. Cool. Let's get back to the flying cars. For decades, people have been predicting the invention of flying cars, but it just hasn't happened. Yes, just like my father, who I've never even seen a picture of, by the way. The flying car never materialized. And unfortunately, it seems unlikely that it will ever materialize. Don't say that. Because after all these years, we're still no closer to realizing this decades-old dream. He's out there. You could be looking for me right now. Okay, buddy, relax. We're not talking about your dad right now. This segment is about flying cars. Flying cars. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> currently, there's a Slovakia-based company named Aeromobile that has been working on creating a flying car since 1989. That's a long time to be working on one product. While not even close to producing a working model, the company does have a design prototype. It's named the Falcon 5. I wonder what my dad's name is. The Falcon 5 looks like a car with wings and... Steven, Daniel, Randy? I hope his name is Randy. Okay, hold up. Randy? You wish your dad's name was Randy? Yeah. Why not? Randy sounds like the name of a nice, responsible dad who has both the time and desire to read me bedtime stories and tuck me in at night. That's actually a fair point, but we're not talking about that right now. This is a technology segment. Let's stick to the technology. Right. Good idea. So I have been using the internet, which is a technology, to try and track down my dad. I really think we should get back to the flying cars. But... It's hard, because like I said, I don't know his name. And all my mom remembers is that he was a fishmonger at the world-famous Seattle Fish Market. And also that he smelled like fish. Is this why I often find you on the roof of the building staring wistfully at the Pacific Ocean? Yes. Well, that, and also my first wife was swallowed by that whale. Wow, you've got a whole lot of bad stuff going on with that ocean. Oh, I do. Which is why I'm constantly on Bing.com doing image searches of people named Randy in the hopes of one day stumbling upon my dad. That doesn't seem very plausible. The top images are for Randy Orton, a pro wrestler who is very strong and could probably give me the rigid rules and discipline I craved as a child and still crave today. All right, well, look, I hope you find your dad. I really do. But we're going to have to keep this podcast moving. Let's take a quick break. Folks, we'll be right back. Oh, I wish my dad would come back. We know. If anyone listening to this was a fishmonger in Seattle, please come uh, back. Shut up. Okay, so we don't have flying cars, but we do have another exciting new kind of car, and that is, of course, the Tesla cars. Oh, those are something else I hear. Yes. The Tesla cars are completely automatic and you don't have to push anything. You just go on in there and it knows you're in there and then it drives you straight to the mall. Does it only drive to the mall or can you go other places as well? It starts out by only taking you to a mall, but it's kind of like video games where you have to beat the level to advance to the next level. So after you go to the mall eight or 11 times, it will then begin driving you to work. How do you get to work before it starts letting you go there? You don't, which is a problem for most people because their jobs get mad at them and then they don't work there anymore because the boss calls them and is like, what are you doing at the mall again? And you're like, I'm not at the mall, I'm at work. And he's like, you're not here, I'm here. And you just posted an Instagram story of yourself at Macy's. And then you're like, that was from yesterday. And he's like, you also were supposed to be here yesterday. That sounds like a full mess. 
Unless, of course, you do work at the mall. It is how people start working at the mall, actually. A lot of people just end up quitting their jobs and getting jobs at the mall because that's the only place their car goes. Teslas are too expensive. Really? I got mine for cheap. You bought a Tesla? Yeah, but I bought it off Instagram. It's over there in the corner. That's a bicycle. I'm pretty sure it's a Tesla. You, once again, just don't know what Teslas are. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. I'm not trying to be rude. You just... That's a bike. A bicycle. That's not what the creator of Tesla said in an unsolicited Instagram DM when trying to sell me a Tesla. Audrey, I guarantee that Elon Musk did not DM you on Instagram to sell you a bike. Who is Elon Musk? The creator of Tesla is Douglas Doug. No. Great. Scammed again. I think you need to take a permanent break from social media. I paid $7,000 for that bike. One of the newest frontiers in technology is the continued evolution of virtual reality. Have you ever experienced VR, Audrey? No way, baby. If I want to change reality, I just pretend things are different than they really are with the power of my mind and lies. How does that usually work out for you? Peachy. Just yesterday, I received a notice from my landlord, which went on about how my rent was weeks overdue, so I mustered up the strength to announce, no, I have no landlord. This notice is irrelevant, null and void. Okay, that sounds very different from what we're talking about here. Virtual reality is when you wear sensory obscuring equipment, like a headset, and interact with media in a three-dimensional space. For the readers at home, I'm shrugging with indifference. Listeners. And you shouldn't be indifferent. VR is a fascinating world of possibilities. For instance, you could put on a VR headset and be so immersed, you feel like you're in another world. So what? I dunk my head into my aquarium and pretend I'm queen of Neptune on the nightly for free. Be that as it may, real VR is pushing video and audio tech beyond anything it ever was before. It's innovative. Fine. Explain to me how it's oh so innovative, if that's really even a word. It... Okay. So to understand how VR works, you first have to understand how the mind processes information. By suppressing anything more intrusive than a minor inconvenience? Exactly. In addition to an immersive headset, virtual reality setups frequently include a small hammer you can use to swing onto your knees whenever you get anxious or upset about something. What makes the VR hammer different from a regular hammer? Instead of making a thud sound on your kneecap, it goes beep whoop beep. Ah, yes, of course, like a hacker. I'm glad you brought up hackers, because... One time I hacked my neighbor with a doll that looked just like her. Again, not quite the same thing. I poked pins into the doll's head and then my neighbor ran out of her front door and started rolling around the apartment hallway, clutching her head in agony. That is awful. Why would you do that? For the lulls, man. I told you I'm a hacker. Hackers do it for the lulls. You are not a, a hacker. If anything, that scenario would make you a voodoo priestess. Tomato, tomato. All right. Well, the point is that one hacker, known only by the alias Woot Woot Pixel Fucker, invented virtual reality because he was tired of hacking things from his own crappy apartment. So, he built a fantasy hacking rig that placed him in a slightly larger crappy apartment that also had a nice washer and dryer combo set. That sounds stupid. It is, but VR has a lot of emerging practical uses that are not so stupid. 
For example, virtual surgery and post-traumatic stress therapy. It is considered one of the great up-and-coming technologies. Mark Zuckerberg is investing millions into it. Mark Zuckerberg can roll around on the floor clutching his head in agony for all I care. Can, can you make that happen? Yes, I'm making it happen right now. Excellent. This pleases me. Okay, that's everything there is to know about music and technology. It's time to end the show. We may not have flying cars, but what we do have is a fun time with all of you every week. Yeah, I guess it's okay. Whatever. We'll be back next week with more facts and fun and, if we're lucky, an interview with my long-lost dad, who is probably named Randy. Not this again. My first question to him will be, Daddy, why did you leave me? Shut up! All right? Can you stop being sad for one second so we can end the show on a high note for once? Fine. I can do that. Until next time, I'm Audrey. And I'm very happy with my life. It's just so great and I'm just so happy. Thanks Thanks for for learning learning to listen listen so you could listen to learn. Ouch. That fake smile hurt my jaw. I don't care. Stop talking. I think I chipped a tooth. I said stop talking. (laughs) 